Hello and welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Najat Al-Sayed, independent researcher, columnist, and author, join us to discuss the Abraham Accords view from the UAE. Dr. Al-Sayed will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type out your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Najat Al-Sayed. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Stacey, for this introduction. Uh, today, I'm going to be uh, actually talking about uh, three main points. The first, uh, the first point, how do Emiratis view the treaty with Israel? Um, and in general, um, um, and the other, and the, uh, in general, to answer this question, how do Emiratis view the treaty with Israel? In general, they view uh, the, the treaty in a very positive way in general. And this is due to, uh, to several reasons. One, a lot of Emiratis are proud that their country is a symbol and role model of peace and tolerance in the region. A lot want to maintain this image to their country and they think that this peace treaty is a big proof for that. So um, Emiratis think that their country, they're so proud of their country and they want to maintain this, this model and this image that their country is a model of peace and tolerance. So they think by, by, by signing this peace, peace treaty, they are, they are proving that their country is a, is a true model of peace and tolerance. This is a number one reason. Number two reason, the fact that this peace treaty was accomplished under the condition of stopping the annexation that also conv convinced a lot of Emiratis. So that means that their country is still working for the Palestinian cause and this peace treaty is one of the main steps of the two-state solution. So here they think their country is, uh, that's why they are convinced they are, uh, they are, they are, their country is promoting the two-state solution. And uh, there are a lot of things that happened but didn't reach up to a solution. So why we don't tr uh, try the peace? Also, the third reason, a lot of citizens think that the time has come to deal differently with the Palestinian issue. They think that the world has changed and they couldn't solve a complicated issue with the same way for decades. Tension and conflicts didn't solve anything, so it is about time to try peace. So the new generation now uh, are, uh, the, is thinking out of the box. They're saying our older generation was using the hard power and it didn't work out. They cut the, the diplomatic relation. They, uh, they, even though they weren't involved in, in direct war uh, milit uh, in, a military, uh, in a military action, but they were supporting it. But uh, all of these actions didn't work out. So why wouldn't try the, the soft power? And the, one of the main soft power is, uh, is diplomacy. So, uh, so that's why they think that we have to think out of the pot, uh, out, of, out of the box. Let us think of something peaceful, and let us stay away from tension and conflict. Also, um, a lot of Emiratis are also proud of their country's successful diplomacy, and through the Abraham, uh, and uh, through the Abraham Accord, this diplomacy succeeded in shedding light on the Palestinian issue and proved that the Emirati diplomacy is, is, is effective regionally and internationally. So, a lot of, of a lot of Emiratis are so proud of their countries, of, of their country, and, th and think that diplomacy is really playing uh, their, the, the country's diplomacy is really playing a, a vital role uh, in, in, the, in this peace treaty. 
So uh, the, because, because they want to try another initiative, because as I mentioned, the hard power didn't work out. So let us try now the diplomacy. And they're proud that the, the Emirati diplomacy started a new thing. And this is not only a peace treaty, this is a warm peace treaty. And I will explain that later, how this is a, pass, a, 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 a warm peace not only a cultural piece like the others. Um, the, the fifth reason, uh, other Emiratis think this peace treaty as it will bring peace, uh, harmony, tolerance, and coexistence. It will bring economic development that will benefit everybody, including the Palestinian cause. Um, so here we will have a valid uh, outcome, which is the economic development. And I will go through this economic de uh, development later on. Thirdly, the, the people are convinced also one of the main reasons that uh, that uh, one of the main reason that people are convinced about this peace treaty uh, UAE and most of Arab Gulf countries um, mean in general they look up to their leaders the the relationship is more like a kinship rather than a ruler citizen relationship this is what this uh, this is what distinguishes people of the Arab Gulf region from the other Arab countries so once the leaders agree up on certain decision most of the people agree uh, because they trust the opinion of the leadership this is something even a lot of Arabs couldn't understand they think that people in the Gulf are are like in harmony with their leaders because of fear. It is not because of fear, because of trust and loyalty. And there's blood between them, which, which means kinship and marriage between them. So there's a huge trust. Um, so here, all of that didn't, in, in fact, in this kind of tolerance and peace that people see in the UAE didn't come as a coincidence. The Marathi leadership recognizes in order to make the people open to peace and tolerance is one of the main reasons to make people open to, uh, to peace and tolerance is through education. So Emirati students are taught peace and tolerance at school. And this is different to in, uh, compared to many students in, uh, in other Arab countries. You didn't see hostility. You didn't see hatred in the, in the, in the textbooks and, and educational curriculum, uh, which is quite different than many Arab countries. So the aim of Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed and Nahyan is to take back control of the educational ministry from the Islamists uh, who originally wrote the country's textbook textbooks. So in the beginning, the country was based uh, and uh, the Islamists wrote the, uh, the educational textbooks and mainly the Islamic uh, curriculum. So now it is shifting from, uh, from the Islamist control in the educational system to more liberal and uh, educational officials. So the current curriculum is roadmap for the young Emiratis towards moderation, respect for the other, uh, peacemaking and tolerance. So that's why when the peace treaty came, you don't see a lot of people back backfiring or against it because they're taught peace and tolerance and coexistence in as school since early age. This is the first uh, curriculum in the region to separate moral education from religious education. So mostly morals are taught in, in most of the Arab countries through, uh, through religion, uh, through religious uh, curriculum. But in the, here in the UAE, you have a different version that you have moral education, which is separate from the religious education. The curriculum uh, that's moral education is, uh, uh, has a curriculum and this curriculum contains uh, four units, uh, character and morality, the individual and community, cultural studies and civic studies. 
So the main reason for promoting uh, peace, uh, tolerance, and existence that that even happened before many, many, many years before uh, before the peace treaty that took place recently, um, because uh, the UAE population is actually 9.2 million, of which 1.4 million uh, are Emirati, are local Emiratis. The rest are expats. So in order for the locals to live peacefully and in harmony with the expats who are coming from different races, from different religions, they, you they, the, the locals and the Emiratis have to, have to be taught a lot, a lot of principles about tolerance, peace, and coexistence. So no conflicts will happen. So that was the initial idea about teaching peace and tolerance in the educational system. Adding to that, with all this cur curriculum of peace and tolerance, um, the, there are new textbooks being taught just two weeks after the peace agreement. Uh, the peace agreement. So after the peace agreement has been announced, there are other even textbooks that are taught to uh, to the students. Uh, for example, a UE 2020 Islamic Studies textbooks uh, praises peace initiative with Israel, bolster the, uh, the bolsters the initiative by stating cooperation and peace are fundamental Islamic values and UAE national characteristics. Uh, a social uh, a social studies uh, textbook uh, mentions Judaism as belonging in the Arab region. So adding to what had been taught before, there are more uh, textbooks that are taught now to the students to accept this peace treaty. So all of that hard work is actually shown and that's what distinguishes it from other peace treaty that happened. That, that's why we see it more people to people peace rather only government to government peace. So, but you see this excitement about this peace treaty among, honestly, among the younger generation, even much more than the older generation based on all of these uh, factors, mainly the educational cu curriculum. And, um, and the percentage of the young population, especially the ones under 25 in UAE is 34%. The big age majority in the UAE is from 25 to 54, which is 65.9%. So mainly you can say, you can say that the UAE uh, population is uh, more composed of younger, uh, of younger generation more than the older generation. So most of the population is young actually. So this is uh, this is the per the first uh, the first uh, um, uh, thing that I'm gonna be that I discussed. How do Emiratis view the, the the treaty with Israel? So this is just giving giving you a general view about how the Israeli um, viewing the the peace. Uh, the second question was what what has the UAE gained and what dangers does this step uh, involve? Um, um, honestly, I I see. Um, I see that the UAE um, has gained a lot through this uh, peace treaty. And I don't see any danger that is coming out of this peace treaty. I see it as win-win situation. Everybody is winning through this uh, peace treaty. So the UAE uh, has gained and also the Isra uh, Israel has gained also. But the main, uh, the main thing that UAE has gained from is, uh, uh, is mainly strategic and economic objectives. So there are many strategic ob objectives that uh, have been gained through this peace treaty. First of all, as I mentioned before, the agreement represents Abu Dhabi's willingness to take a leading regional role and build on its existent and on, on, on its existing international prestige as a country of tolerance and moderation. Uh, 
In seeking to establish itself as a model for the Arab world, the UAE has taken on a more assertive role that further enhances its regional position as a progressive actor. So here, we, the UAE wants to represent itself as a role model for peace and uh, tolerance, and also as a uh, progressive actor. It's actually not promoting something that doesn't exist. When you come and visit the UAE, you actually see the tolerance, you see the peace among the different races, the different religions. And also after the collapse of the Arab uh, and mainly the ideologies of the Arab traditional powers, which is mainly Arab nationalism, Arab Gulf countries and on the top of it, uh, on, on the, on the, on the top of, uh, of them as the UAE want, um, want to promote something different to the region. Okay, you, you, you as uh, Arab traditional power, uh, powers gave, uh, you know, uh, promoted this, um, the, these Arab ideologies and mainly Arab nationalism, but it guided to nothing. Uh, on the contrary, it guided to uh, chaos and to, uh, and to uh, even, uh, it didn't help the Palestinians at all. So, uh, and, and, um, and the, those representative of the, of the, of the Arab uh, nationalism, which are mainly Egypt, Syria, and Iraq, actually didn't gain from it. So now the turn comes to those younger countries, which are represented by the Arab Gulf countries and mainly UAE. So now we want to promote to the Arab region something different, which is called political pragmatism. Okay, we don't go for ideologies. We don't go by slogans, and uh, and uh, and uh, trying to uh, to uh, to accumulate the Arab world with anger, with hostility. We want to give action. Actually, something that that is done. Um, and, and so far, that this conflict has lasted for more than seventy-two years, and nothing has been done. Now we want to actually do action and do things, and that this is one of the main strategic object, uh, objectives: promoting to the region something different that has that has been given uh, for uh, you know since uh, since uh, the the early sixties until now. Secondly, there are geopolitical priorities for those Arab Gulf states that signed the Abraham Accords. Israel is aligned with these priorities in terms of their opposition to the Iranian regime and political Islam in general and the Muslim Brotherhood in particular. They have these enemies in common more than they have opposition in relation to their views on, uh, on Palestinian aspirations. So. After the collapse of the uh, Arab nationalism in the Arab world, there's something called the Islamism in the uh, in the in the region that expanded uh, from the early from the late sixties until until the Iranian exploded more through the Iranian revolution because uh, Khomeini, when he came, he, he wants to export the, the Islamic uh, Shia revolution to the whole region. And then accordingly, another another ideology came from the Arab Peninsula, which is called the, the Da'wah movement to counterpart or to combat this uh, movement in, in Iran. So this uh, so accordingly, extremism, extremism has expanded in the region and spread in the region and moved from modernization that was in the, uh, that was in the, um, under the, uh, the constitution monarchies in the early 40s and 50s until uh, they shifted gradually until they became like that uh, until extremism spread in the whole region so now they want uh, the the and the, uh, the region uh, was exploded with political Islam which is basically different than Islam which uh, because it is uh, taking Islam as an ideology so here 
both the Arab Gulf countries and Israel are aligned with the with the same with the same concept to to confront the uh, these kind of radical Islamists. Uh, the third and thirdly, what exploded this whole uh, expansion of Islamism, it's what is called the Arab Spring. So a lot of uh, Arab countries were controlled and uh, were dominated by uh, uh, by uh, by those Muslim Brotherhood and uh, and uh, and also and other states turned to be failed states, unfortunately. And uh, and the two and what added to that even more the 2000 the 2017 diplomatic rift that isolated Qatar from its GC partners do its support for the Muslim Brotherhood and other extremist groups and lately its alliance with the Iranian regime and Erdogan Turkey. This, uh, all of these factors have co contributed to a growing perception of Israel as a strategic ally in the in a wider region. So th this, this is kind of another strategic objective for the UAE uh, to make this peace treaty and also for Israel. Fourthly, the need, the need for the Arab Gulf states to have Israel as an ally has never been uh, greater due to, to both parties in the, US, uh, in the U.S. calling for disengagement from the Middle East. This shift of U.S. interests away from the region has prompted the UAE to step into peace process rather than waiting until the U.S. leaves the region or reduces its presence. So a lot of members from both parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, are calling to shift away from the Middle East region. So, so here I'm not saying a complete shift. It might not be a complete shift from the Middle East uh, due to a lot of interest, but maybe it won't be the first priority. Maybe the Middle East will be the third priority after China and Russia. So here, the Arab Gulf thought that they need that they need an ally in the region to fill this emptiness. Uh, after the U.S. withdrawal or reduces its presence in the region. Fifthly, the, UAE, uh, the UAE's approach in this presence treaty has been uh, to expose those in the region who want to manipulate the Israel-Palestinian dispute to, uh, to benefit their own agendas. For instance, uh, Turkey, and specifically its ambitious populist leader Erdogan, has sought to exploit Palestinian grievance to expand their hegemony and influence in the region. So, there are a lot of uh, uh, a lot of things are you know um, um, this this uh, this everlasting conflict in the region the Palestinian Israeli conflict a lot a lot in the region especially those op uh, Islamist opportunists and even some Arab na nationalists took advantage of it so everyone wants to increase his hegemony and dominance in the region uh, are trying to call uh, the and the, to be a hero and to liberate Palestine so here by doing this peace treaty the UAE wants to cut this dispute like as if it's saying enough is enough enough take trading off with this issue enough those who want to to rip off the region under the name of palestine who want to expand and to and to dominate the region under the name of palestine we want to do a true peace we don't want to take advantage of this issue we want to solve this issue so this is one of the strategic objective to put an end to those who are taking advantage of this of this conflict this is uh, this this is a summary of the strategic obje objectives. I'm going to highlight quickly the economic objective. The Abraham Accord lists 16 areas of Israeli-UAE collaboration, including health, 
science, technology, cybersecurity, environment, agriculture, and water and food security, as well as more uh, strictly commercial areas as such as civil aviation, tourism, and energy. Projected economic impact, uh, the Israeli uh, Ministry of Economy estimates that the normalization of ties between Israel and the UAE could lead to as much as $500 million in bilateral trade and investment. Some might say this, uh, these kind of business deals have been done before uh, with other peace treaties. Uh, anyways, it didn't go to, to that far extent, uh, number one. Number two, the main thing is not only the value business, but also the value of attitude and basic principles in which countries and business people uh, promote their economies. So for example, these, these attitudes that I'm talking about is like uh, respect, politeness, honesty, and openness are not only among the government, uh, the governments, but also among the people. Something that I see here in the UAE that I didn't see in the other peace treaties, this kind of politeness, openness, warmth, even in dealing with business. So here we're not talking about uh, only materialistic business deals, but also the type of attitude in dealing with the, with the business deals. Um, the third, uh, the third question that I'm going to be talking about also, uh, how does this treaty differ from those uh, of Jordan and uh, Egypt with Israel? I already highlighted these uh, these matters, but I'm going to be focusing more here. The UAE and its the relation with Israel is completely different from other Arab uh, cases as Egypt and Jordan, not only because the Emiratis did not engage in a direct military conflict with Israel, but, uh, because, but also mainly the Emirati uh, case relates to its particular traits of the UAE, which are mainly distinguished in its experience and its development and modernization model. The UAE has ambitious development plans and global competitive uh, aspiration embodied by the UAE Vision 2021, and the UAE uh, Senatorial Strategy 2071, which are promising visions that have specific precise goals and executive, and executive action programs that ensure the, the achievement of these goals in a timely manner. Its expertise and progress in various fields, and here Israel cannot be excluded from this equation, especially in light of the Israeli super, superiority in certain industrial and technical fields and sectors. So it seemed difficult to access and own this technology with, uh, without cooperating with Israeli industries, experts and, uh, and companies. So here, the UAE is a country with a vision and it has a direct vision, which is the vision of 2021, uh, and it has a strategic vision, which is the 2071. So it's building a strong relationship with all the progressive countries, and you couldn't uh, exclude Israel out of these progressive countries. This is one, one main factor, and that would distinguish it from other Arab countries. They're and actually, they're not forced to, this, to do this peace treaty, but because it is part of the vision. Uh, this is number one. Number two, therefore, the path of normalization between the UAE and Israel takes an accelerated practical nature. And here I'm going to highlight the word practical nature. Since the first days of the signing of the agreement, estab establishing relations between the two sides, which were linked to different officials, official cooperation fra uh, uh, frameworks through agreements between the UAE companies and sectors of their Israeli counterpart, which did not happen in other Arab cases because the UAE uh, has goals. 
The UAE has clear strategic interests in this agreement, and therefore it is not in its interest to keep the agreement on paper or to leave it in a box of cold peace. So here, that what, what derives actually Jordan and Egypt, and Egypt for the peace is basically political matters, and especially there were conflicts between Israel and these countries. Here, what is deriving the, uh, the, uh, the UAE is basically vice versa. It's not political, it's economic, through, for, uh, peace through economy. It's not the other way around. It's not because I'm do, uh, because we can go, to, we can make peace through in uh, through economy and through uh, and through and 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 uh, and the, the development and the benefit of this economy can reach to everybody, including the Palestinians. So that's what makes a difference. So it is not for the it's it's uh, so that's why it's not for the Emirati uh, interests to keep this uh, this peace of treaty called they because they want it to be successful and they want it to be warm and they want to distinguish it from other peace treaty. That's why it is more people to people and these kind of businesses is not like the Egyptians and the Jordanians only among governments even among uh, the individuals and individual companies and the government is open about it. But if, for example, can Egyptian businessman do a, a business and invest in Israel? That can never happen, but it can happen in UAE and it will happen even soon. If it, if without the COVID-19, uh, it could have happened uh, as soon as they signed the, the peace treaty. Adding to, adding to that, the openness and acceptance that I, I, I explained before of the Emirati society to others and the rooted culture of coexistence among the Emirati people who have inhabited this culture since the establishment of the, the, the Union State and the participants of hundreds of thousands of expat workers where Emirati citizens deal daily with more foreigners than even locals. Um, all of these uh, help with the, to make this peace treaty warm. Uh, the population of the UAE belongs to more than 200 nationalities, East and West, and of different races and religions. And this also explains this great positive responses to the relation with Israel. So here we see people, uh, we have hundreds of uh, millions of people who are coming from different races, from different religions. We have, uh, we have churches, we have even uh, now, uh, uh, now even uh, the Abrahamic house is going to open in 2022, and that will include include church, synagogue, and mosque all together. So people can see people, and there are even temples of Hindus in the in the in the country. So uh, people are exposed to different religions, are exposed to different races. So this is peace treaty wasn't truly a shock. That shock because because that the people are 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 used to these things. One of and uh, one of the uh, main points also I even um, explained before, but I'm going to highlight it here. There's absolute absolute popular confidence in the political leaders and their decision. Emiratis look up to their leaders due to their accumulation of expertise. People can see their country's tremendous prosperity and development in all area in all areas of life, which places the UAE in ranks of the most competitive countries in various development indicators. So here, the people trust their leaders. They say if they if they keep up the country, and, and you know that they develop the country to that extent of development, of prosperity, and the stability, and and we are living in harmony, and people are 
living lavishly. So why I don't trust them in this peace treaty? And uh, and this is also another big difference. Um, there's there's a, you don't see this trust between the people and the leaders here in the country and even in other Arab countries compared to the Arab countries. They're always kind of suspicious relationship if you compare them to the Arab Gulf. This established relationship between the leadership and the people is, re is represented in the fact that there is a strong bond of solid trust and solid loyalty. Therefore, the Emirati, the Emirati strong support normalization with Israel as a strategic choice for the state. There are many actually signs already that, that distinguish it from the other Arab countries and distinguish it as a warm peace. First of all, after, after the sign of the peace treaty, we saw the Israeli action played in, at, Burj, at Burj Khalifa, uh, the, uh, the Khalifa Tower. This is something that has never been done in any, in any other Arab countries that signed the peace, uh, the peace uh, treaty. Uh, you see, even a kosher catering is now available in many restaurants and airlines in the UAE. The celebration of the Jewish New Year in many Emirati newspapers. You see headlines with Shana Tova, celebrate Rosh Hashanah, and even Sheikh Abdullah bin Zayed tweeted about uh, the, the Jewish New Year. Also, Emiratis uh, artists were playing their Israeli national anthem. This is also something that we have never seen in Egypt or Jordan. On the contrary, of all the Egyptian movies and drama that uh, spread hateful messages against Israel, even after signing the Camp David Accords back in 1978, after the Abraham Accord, an agreement has been announced between Abu Dhabi Film Commission and Israel Film Fund to promote tolerance, peace, and culture understanding between the Emiratis and Israelis. This is also something that we haven't seen in the other Arab countries. On the contrary, we saw a peace treaty signed and we saw hateful messages through the drama, through the movies. Until this moment, we are seeing Egyptian movies that are promoting hostility and hatred against Israel. And here, since the signature of this Abraham Accord, they are even merging together. Uh, industry together, uh, UAE and Israel together to promote peace and cultural understanding. So this is another important thing that distinguishes it. The UAE Israel Business Council was also established immediately after the peace treaty has signed. Um, a lot of businessmen and public sectors leaders from the UAE and Israel uh, uh, helped to foster shared opportunities, economic cooperation, and business partnership between Emiratis and Israelis. I'm here not talking about governments. I'm talking about uh, uh, the public. Uh, business, uh, the individual businessmen uh, collaborating with Israeli businessmen together. It had more, and this uh, and the and the and the website of the Israeli Business Council has more than two thousand members sign up for the UAE Israeli business since uh, since uh, less than 40, 45 days from its uh, from its launch. So there were more than two thousand members in the portal, of, uh, in less than four, 45 days from its launch. The UAE also uh, Israeli uh, the UAE Israeli policy forum was also established to bring uh, researcher uh, researchers academic and scholars from both countries together. This is something that we saw even we there are even WhatsApp groups uh, implemented together and designed together to bring researchers Israeli researchers with UAE researchers and even with other Arab Gulf countries researchers. Um, also, there's something important that has been established, with, which is the Gulf Israel Women Forum. So that was established last October. Jerusalem Deputy, Deputy, Deputy Mayor with the Jewish Women's Business Network 
has started the Gulf Women's Forum that unites both uh, Emirati women business uh, businesswomen with Israeli businesswomen. Um, also, a top Israeli singer joining Jews in Dubai to celebrate the, Sham, uh, the Simsha Torah holiday. This is something also uh, uh, something new that we haven't seen. Um, I honestly want to wrap it uh, quickly, Stacey. I can see you that I, you want me to wrap it up. I will just highlight something very important at the end. Um, you know, I'm really optimistic about this peace treaty. I don't see any negative uh, between it because I can, because I know both Israelis and, and Emiratis and I can see the warmth between them. The only thing that I'm really worried about, I'm so worried about is the media, especially the leftists and liberal media in the US and the other Western countries because they were they were undermining this peace treaty and they were suspicious about it. I don't know why, maybe one of the reasons because it was done under the Trump administration and uh, maybe because also, and I see that also from the leftist Israeli media. Okay, okay, maybe because they are also under Netanyahu. Some of them are against the peace treaty, not because they are against peace with Arabs, but be, because they are against Netanyahu. So here comes, this is the danger. Here comes the political interests of each party more than the uh, expanding the peace uh, and the stability in the region. This is so dangerous. Why it is dangerous? Because here, even though I told you about all those positive, positive points, but we are still in the, in the beginning stage. Since we are in the beginning stage, we want to build the trust between the two nations. You couldn't shake the, na the nation by, by these kind of, uh, of negative media, by I either like undermining the peace or attacking the UAE government because that will shake in the Emirati people because here we need to build the trust. The other thing, you are giving a gift to an a silver plate to the radical Islamists because they are against this peace. And when they see this media is against this peace treaty, they will say, we told you, we told you we are against, especially there's a me a Arab media supporting the Islamists, mainly Al Jazeera Arabic. So here we are giving them a good weapon to, to, uh, to fight us. We are, we we are pro-peace. So th this is the main thing that I'm really worried about because it can pay, really play a negative role. And that's what I'm worried about. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, thank you so much, Najat. We learned so much. I, I, unfortunately, we didn't get to the questions from our viewers, but I think you covered quite a few of the topics that were asked. Um, thank you again so much for taking time to speak with us today. Uh, for our viewers, please be on the lookout for our weekly webinar offerings email coming out over the weekend. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks again. Have a good one. Thanks. Are there questions or not? Uh... Uh, unfortunately, it's only a half hour format, so we've ran out of time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks. Thank Thanks. you. Okay. Thanks.